0: what is going on everybody how you doing welcome i know what you're thinking right now you're probably wondering like man where's nick like, what's going on? This is crazy. Listen, man, Nick has asked uh, asked me to come here and just share the word of God with you. Uh, my name is Javer Fitzbogle, and I am the creative director of the Detox Movement Global Ministries. And this is Vantage Point. I believe that God has been doing so much with this work, and it is an honor and a privilege to come here and spend time with you guys. And, and I want to just take a moment to thank my brother, Nick. Uh, for just reaching out. And we really had the opportunity to develop a really strong relationship Um, over these last few months. It's really interesting, guys, that sometimes when you trust God with your relationships, with every opportunity, I'm telling you, God can sometimes make the biggest surprises. He can put you in the greatest situations. And you know, when Nick and I first met, man, we, we met over Instagram, and he reached out because he saw that I was doing a lot of ministry-related stuff, and uh, man, I'll tell you, if he didn't listen to the voice of God, I would not be here today as a friend, as a brother in the faith, and uh, I'm so excited. This is a privilege, and it's an honor to come to you guys here and just share the Word of God, and um, on behalf of TDM Global and our whole ministry, uh, Nick, we want to say thank you. We appreciate you. Uh, I love you, my brother, and uh, it's an honor to be here today. So guys, let's dive into this conversation today. I believe the Lord is going to speak to us. He's going to remove the clutter from our eyes so that we can see scripture clearly. Now, if any of you who are listening on this podcast are familiar with who I am, you know that I love, I mean love to dive into God's word. I believe the word of God is rich. In its text, and there's so much that we can pull out from one text, from one passage, from the life of Jesus. And uh, I always tell, you know, um, all of the people that come to our ministry on a weekly basis, I say, guys, listen, if you get Jesus wrong, you get everything wrong. And I believe that Jesus is the answer to every solution, that Jesus is literally the key to every door. And if you understand who Jesus Christ is, you'll understand who you are. Today, I want to talk to you from a teaching entitled Withered and Restored. Now, one thing I do understand is this. Life comes at us in different ways, sometimes in ways that we cannot understand, sometimes in ways that we cannot control, But we have to understand as people of God, as people of faith, and perhaps you're watching this and you don't know God or you don't have this faith that we talk about, is to understand that sometimes you are not in control with what happens in your life. Job was a clear example of this. Job was somebody who went through life and uh, he went through life in one light. It was like the flip of a switch. He started going through life in another direction. It's like he had a lot in one season, then he lost a lot in another season. Seasons come and seasons go. And we're about to talk about a specific man in this text who seemingly had been in another season, and God took him out of that season and put him into now this season. And I think it's very important to understand as we dive into this text today that you are, God loves you. And the people that we talk about in the texts, in the Bible, these stories are not mutually exclusive to them. I believe that God is going to speak to us and help us to see a completely different vantage point. So if you got your Bibles, pull out your Bibles, pull out your cell phones, pull out your tablets, your notepads, whatever you're going to be running through the text with me today. And if perhaps you don't have a Bible, I want you to just listen to my voice. If you're listening to this podcast podcast. If you're watching on YouTube, whatever social platform you may find this content, just listen closely to the text. Turn your Bible with me to Luke. We're going to read Luke chapter, uh, let's do Luke chapter six, Luke chapter six, and we're going to read from verse six, Luke chapter six, verse six, I'm going to read up to verse 11. Now, in this specific text, there was a certain man that uh, seemingly went through a certain life experience where now he has a deformity in his body, on his body. He's now living life in such a way that he feels crippled and he feels handicapped. And I believe that this word is for somebody today who might be feeling like they're at a disadvantage in life. You might be feeling like you're a black sheep. You might be feeling like Things can't get better for you because of how life played the cards for you. But I want you to understand something today. that It does not matter if it's the world, your flesh, or the devil. The Bible says, if God before you, then who can be against you? Luke chapter 6, we're going to read it here. It talks about a man with a withered hand. Luke chapter 6. Now it says, on another Sabbath. He entered the synagogue and was teaching, and a man was there whose right hand was withered. Verse 7, then and the scribes and the Pharisees watched him to see if he, if he would heal on the Sabbath, so that they might find a reason to accuse him, but he knew their thoughts. And he said to the man with the withered hand, now, come, he said, Jesus said, Come, stand here. And he rose, and he stood there. And Jesus said to them, I ask you, is it lawful on the Sabbath to do good or to do harm, to save life or to destroy it? Stretch out your hand. And he did so, and his hand was restored. But they were filled with fury and disgust to one another what they might do to Jesus. Withered and restored. Let's pray. Father, we thank you, God, for today. Lord, we thank you because you are the author and the finisher of our faith. God, that means that you are the beginning of what we do here in this video, in this moment, in this uh, Bible study, in this text illumination, God. And you are the end. Father, you're also everything in between. God, I just ask in this moment that you would remove the clutter from our eyes so that we could see the text clearly. Father, help us, Lord, illuminate the text so that we will be able to understand, Holy Spirit, what you are speaking to us today. Father, use me as a tool to witness to my brother or my sister listening to the sound of my voice. Let this word find them. Let it germinate and produce good fruit. In Jesus' name, amen. Withered and restored. We see here in this text that Jesus is in a very unique but common situation. We know that this is common based on the verbiage that the Bible uses. Now, I'm going to go through the text verse by verse, and I'm going to talk to you about what the Bible is saying and help you to understand the scripture in its entirety. Now, it says here that there was a man who was withered and restored. I think it's very important to understand that anytime we talk about parables in the Bible— Parables often come with messages. Miracles often come with lessons. And every time in the text we read or we understand that there was a miracle or a supernatural event occurring, we must understand there was always a lesson to take from it. It says here now in verse 6, on another Sabbath, this teaches us that Sabbaths were frequent things. And if you don't understand what a Sabbath is, a Sabbath specifically was a a tradition where people on a certain day of the week would not perform certain types of work. So they call it Sabbath. It was to be a day of rest. So of course, because it was a religious identity, it was a religious day that the religious people were the ones who enforced this law. So of course, on another Sabbath, Jesus comes into the picture, and he, of course, Jesus, you know, he's about his father's business, and the people, the religious folk, are watching to see if Jesus would do something specifically to heal. Now, why this was an issue We think, well, Jesus, why wouldn't they just let Jesus heal? It was an issue to them because their understanding of the Sabbath was that the Sabbath was something that people should not work on. So they looked at even healing people in the spirit as a type of medical practice. So the Bible says on another Sabbath or a day that people were supposed to rest, he, meaning Jesus, entered into the synagogue, which is another word for church. He then entered into the church regularly. And was teaching regularly. And a man was there whose right hand was with him. Now, first off, the Bible talks about him being a man. We don't know who this man is. It doesn't say his name. It doesn't give us an in-depth background as to who he was. But it was just a man. And which is interesting because he wasn't just a man, but the text identified him as a man whose right hand was withered. Now, when we talk about the four synoptic gospels, I want you to understand something today. The way I see the text may be very different than how you see the text, but to understand that God is still speaking is the only thing that we have to gravitate to. What God might say to you is different than what, what God might say to me. And when we talk about Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, God was God to them, the same God to them through their whole life, and they all walked with him. But they saw him in a different light, with a different eye, in a different lens, in a different sight. And so Luke looked at Jesus differently than how he looked at everyone else. Jesus, uh, excuse me, Luke was someone who, uh, he operated in the place of a physician's mindset. He was a doctor, so everything he looked at was very medical terminology-like. Everything he did was... Wow, well, if that's the case, then you might have to turn the patient over, uh, um, pronate the patient. Uh, You're going to have to prostrate him. You're going to have to, okay, you know what? We're going to have to turn him and look at the anatomical position so we can properly. uh, He was very medical in his understanding because Luke was a doctor. Luke was the only person in the Bible, as it's illustrated, although others saw the text who was able to see the same situation and identify that it wasn't just a man, but it was a man who had a problem with his right hand. So we see here there was a man whose right hand was withered. And when we look at the text, we must understand the word was carries such a powerful weight. I think a lot of us can really relate to this word was. He was withered. We might have been something. We were something. I was great at this. I was this before this happened. I was in this position. I was in that level of status. I was in that place of power. You were can sometimes be an indictment on who God is calling you to be. This man was something. Because his right hand was withered, it means that at some point in time, it was not. Now, this carries a lot of weight as we're reading through the text because we must understand that sometimes life happens and a position we were in before might be different than the position that we're in right now. And just because something happened to you doesn't mean it should identify who you are. This man was in a situation during those times, a lot of theologians believe he was some type of mason because of the weight and the value of of what it meant to use a hand in those times, that he was a working man, but he was in a situation where his hand was withered, meaning an occurrence might have happened somewhere along the the way, perhaps in his job, where he may have had some type of issue in his job. They didn't have those type of benefits, you understand, where you could say, well, my hand was hurt. So he was in a situation where he lost use of his hand. Now, look at the power of the hand. The hand in this time was something so prophetically that it was so powerful that if you didn't have a right hand, you really missed out on a lot of opportunities. It was the right hand that people would often go to make deals with. So if somebody were to say, hey, you know, I I need to um, make this transaction, do you agree? Will you make this verbal affidavit with me? And so they would shake hands in terms of agreement, and it was always the right hand. The right hand represented power. The right hand represented authority. It was the right hand that people would go and use to provide and to accomplish and to do. The right hand was considered clean. The reason the right hand was considered clean is when men went to the bathroom, they didn't have bath and body works. They didn't have readily access to water, so they would always use their left hand to use the restroom, and their right hand would remain clean. So in those days, it was referred to as disrespectful if your right hand wasn't functional and you used your left hand for certain things, because the left hand was considered unclean. This man was in a position where he lost his power his authority, his, uh, 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 the place that he was in, he probably felt inadequate. He probably felt less than because something so necessary in those days, he now no longer had it in this time. What do you do when the thing that is considered your source of provision and power and authority, what happens when that thing is taken away from you? What happens when You lose that coveted job that you put a lot of stock into, and something happened on the job that maybe it wasn't your fault, or maybe you were going through a life experience, or maybe you made a mistake. What happens when you lose that thing that you put so much stock into? I think it's important for us to understand that this man lost an important portion of who he was. His hand was something that represented that authority in his life, your functionality does not determine your status, but I want you guys to understand today that your status does determine your functionality. This man was in a place where he became very, very sad. Sad because he allowed a situation in his life to become his functionality and his status. And I want you guys to understand today that no matter what you're going through in life, Your functionality does not determine your status, but your status should determine your functionality. If you have faith in Jesus, faith that he is the son of God, faith that he's faithful to take you from glory to glory, to take you out of one season and put you into the next. If you have faith that Jesus saves, if you have faith that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly and above all you could ever ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of you, if you believe that all things work together for the good of those who love the Lord and are called according to his purpose, if you believe that God is going to take you out of one place and go into the next, guys, I need you to start shifting your mindset. Your functionality does not determine your status. I think a lot of us are in a position where our functionality begins to determine our status and it affects the condition of our heart. Write this down. The heart of your affliction will always determine your direction. Sometimes we have to understand that life comes at us in ways that We just can't control. The devil comes at us. The world tries us. Our flesh may rise up amongst us. But understand, no matter what it is, the heart of your affliction will always determine your condition. It'll always determine your direction. So look at this. It says now he was teaching and a man, a certain man, whose right hand was withered, withered, I think it's important to understand that this man was in a place where his hand, when you look at the idea and the the construct of the word withered, his hand wasn't just dead, but it was dead dead. To the point where the nerves in the hand were dead. Like, this man's hand was so not functional that the muscle began to atrophy. And he no longer had use of his hand, but use of, not even use of his wrist. The whole hand was gone. His hand was withered. And I think that a lot of us are in a season or a place where we're in a withering situation. Like perhaps your situation is really difficult right now. It's seemingly unfixable. You know, you might have gone to the doctor and the doctor said, this is withered beyond a place that we can repair it. Write this down. Will you be a watcher like the Pharisees? Or will you be a doer like the man with the withered right hand? Surely this man was afflicted. But I want everybody to know that your affliction does not determine your condition. Jesus wants to do a supernatural work in your life. I want to take you to 1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19 to 20. It says, or do you not know that your body is the temple of the Holy Spirit within you, with whom you have from God? You are not your own. Family, it does not matter what position you're in in life. It does not matter your situation or your circumstance. Your life is not your own, but it is for God. And God wants to use your life to honor him, to glorify him, to bless him by giving glory to him, by showing others how good he has been to you. I believe that God wants to restore some things in your life tonight. I believe that God wants to speak to us in ways that we probably would not have been able to see otherwise. But to understand that although we may come into this conversation with a withered situation, yes, God has restoration for you. That although we may come into this conversation and it seems like there's no way to to come out of our circumstance because of what the doctor said, because of what people had told you, because of what your job had said to you, because of what this person and that person understand, God has restoration for you. And I believe that in the same manner that it took this man faith to stretch, I want you to stretch out by faith. I want you to stretch your hands even in this moment. If you don't know what to do, just stretch your hands and say, Father, help me in this area of my life. Father, help me to overcome this situation. Father, help me to come out of. Father, help me to step into. Father, help me to come and stand in front of people and declare the goodness of God, even when I still have yet to see my miracle just like this man had stepped and he came. Father, help me to step out by faith and to stretch out in confidence and belief that you are about to move mightily in my life. I believe that these words is for somebody here. And I just want to pray really quickly that God would illuminate and he would show you his perfect will and plan for your life. And if you're listening tonight and you want to accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want to take this moment just to pray for you, to extend this opportunity where you get to say, God, I want to take this step of faith for myself. I know I've been living a life a certain type of way, but this is my time, God. And I want to honor you. I want to trust you. I want to step out in faith. I want to step out in obedience. And if that's you, we're going to pray right now. And I want you to repeat these words after me, Father. I need you. There is no one like you. I ask Holy Spirit that you would help me, forgive me of all my sins. I realize now that you are the way, the truth, and the life. Father, come into my life as my Lord and my Savior. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.